Welcome to Pilots with Shmi and Riker. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And we are just a couple of nerds who watch entirely too much TV and didn't want all that training and hard work and focus and practice to go to waste. So we made a podcast about it. Each week we watch and review the pilot episode of shows that made it to series on the merits of the pilot as a standalone episode and give it a pass or fail grade as successful or unsuccessful. A successful pilot is one that immediately leaves you wanting to come back for more. And an unsuccessful pilot, well, if you've ever tried to get a friend to binge one of your favorite shows but need to qualify it first with give it a few episodes before you're hooked, probably a good example of an unsuccessful pilot. We try to keep our scoring objective, so we analyze what makes a successful pilot and boiled it down to four essential criteria. Does it clearly establish the genre? How well does it introduce the main characters? Is the overarching plot clearly defined? And does it end with a hook that makes us want to come back for more? Now, our scoring might be objective, but we are not. After all, we are opinionated nerds bullshitting about our favorite TV shows and the shows that we love to hate. Maybe you agree with us. Maybe you think we're way off base. Turns out that discussion is exactly what we're here for. So please tell us all about it in the comments. This is Pilots. That's right. We are reviewing Cobra Kai <laughs> <laughs> on this episode of Pilots. Okay, so this week was Cobra Kai. Uh, little background here. Shmi isn't that familiar with the Karate Kid. I didn't grow up with it. Right, right. And yeah. you are familiar with it because you're an American. Yeah, I'm not crazy, but you know. I wasn't born in the 80s. I wasn't, I was telling you before, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch fighting shows. So like, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles somehow made it in there, but like no power, Power Rangers weren't allowed and definitely not a karate movie. Like (laughs) that would not have made the cut. This isn't the karate movie that I really think of as a karate movie, Mm -hmm. like full of violence, considering it's about the peaceful Mr. Miyagi teaching, uh, Daniel-san? My mom would have to watch it and know, <laughs> know what the movie's about to pre-screen it if that were the case. It <laughs> says karate in the title. It's obviously violent. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, don't you know parenting so, <laughs> rules? <laughs> Hello. So I think that, I think the Karate Kid is, well, man, of the millions of people listening to our podcast right now, mm-hmm. this will probably be painful for some of them to hear. I think we were a little bit young for it. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, because we were, it was, it came out before we were born. So we oh, probably absolutely. were in, we were, would have been into Karate Kid 3 by the time we were born. Yeah. Which I don't think anybody saw. It was six years old when I was born. <laughs> I'm a 1990 baby. Right. So uh, if we were, so our parents would have been in their 20s when it mm-hmm. was out. So they would have been up on you know, how successful it was, Yeah. Uh, whatever the talk was, you know, the pop culture, when it was making its pop culture splash. But I think, I would I would assume that if you were junior high school above is the generation that would really be familiar with it. So mm-hmm. I knew the Karate Kid, I'd, I'd seen it a couple times, um, but I, to me, 
you know, Ralph Macchio wasn't Daniel-san. He was just Vinny's cousin to me. Yeah. So he was, in my household, my family, he was more famous for my cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. Which is... Uh, Another thing I haven't seen. A classic sitcom, <laughs> not a classic sitcom, a classic comedy, a classic yeah. movie comedy that you need to make yourself familiar with. Or mm-hmm. I would highly recommend it because it is, it's probably my favorite comedy. Um, and it never stops, like maybe you don't always crack up at it as you continue to see it, but like it never stops being funny. And those that's yeah. a, one of those really quotable movies too. Oh, I like the that. The two yeah. utes. Uh, anyway, so that's, that's Joe Pesci. In his finest form, and Marissa Tomei in her finest form. So, <laughs> worth catching up on. That's my cousin Vinny, guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he was really, to me, he was famous from that. But there also uh, is the fact that, <laughs> in in the words of Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother, he doesn't even know karate. <laughs> <laughs> and as a karate kid myself, I think there was a part of me that as much as I liked the Karate Kid, you know, the films mm-hmm. in theory, mm-hmm. and I did like them. Yeah. Well, I, I've seen the first one and the second one. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen the third one, and I'm curious about it now that I'm into Cobra Kai. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I have that much interest in the Hillary Swank one, which is Karate Kid 4, I believe. The new, the Karate Kid 4, The New Mutants, or whatever that one's called. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, there's that part of me that likes it, mm-hmm. but won't let myself love it because I think I a little bit resent Ralph Macchio for being the Karate Kid when he super doesn't know karate and I think it shows. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> so Cobra Kai uh, picks up literally where Karate Kid l- leaves off mm-hmm. um, with a flashback to the original movie and where uh, Ralph Macchio defeats Billy Zabka's character, Johnny Lawrence, uh, where he defeats him in the tournament. And I kind of had a similar experience as Johnny Lawrence, so I a little bit more than a little bit. As understand. you, Riker, the karate kid also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So it was my second tournament. My first one, my first division, I got a first place in forms. <laughs> so it was a very, I, my mom cried I was not an athletic kid, so this is a moment <laughs> of pride. And um, <laughs> and <laughs> then the second tournament that I had, I competed against Elrod. Mm-hmm. Uh, and freaking Elrod, man, was way less athletic than I was. All right. He was a big chubby kid. I'll just say <laughs> it. He was a big, big chubby kid. And I didn't think he was, his technique was poor and, uh, and he got a first place in this tournament, and I got a second place. And to this day, I don't understand it. Because it's not even like I'm looking at the kid like, oh, I can't compete with that guy. It's like, no, I swamp that guy. Like, yeah, how how did, did you guys have like a rounding ear? Somebody forgot to carry politi- their one? Right, right. <laughs> what kind of political bullshit is this? <laughs> and to add insult to injury as if that wasn't frustrating enough, on the way out of the... Uh, the gym that we had the tournament and it was just a local tournament mm-hmm. uh, at the local university on our way out. My dad sees this kid Elrod and his dad and says, Oh look, it's your buddy, which not my buddy. This kid is <laughs> not my friend. <laughs> this kid is the Ralph Macchio to my Billy Zabka. <laughs> <laughs> 
Two big fat kids who don't even know karate. Okay. So So this is a personal movie for you. Yeah, there's a part of this that I think I could really relate to. And appreciate. <laughs> so, so my dad catches him and says, oh, it's your buddy. Here, let's get a picture with you two together. And I still run into this picture like once every 10 years, I feel like. I still run into it and it's to this day humiliating. And I see the look on my face, the plastic smile that I painted on my face while I was furious with my dad. Like, how do you not understand how humiliating this is? And <laughs> I realized later... Son of a bitch knew exactly how <laughs> humiliating it knew. was. <laughs> and he thought it was funny because he doesn't care about stuff like that. And this is why I think that one of my love languages in life is making fun of people. Because I have this vicious dad. <laughs> <laughs> he only did it because he loves you. Yeah, who did pull this nonsense because he was amused by me standing up <laughs> next to my arch nemesis who was way taller than me too. Well, he held his first place trophy and I held my second place trophy. <laughs> So while, you know, it didn't ruin my life like it might have for Johnny Lawrence here, it didn't set me on the right course. (laughs) I think you did okay. (laughs) So that being said, Cobra Kai, the pilot of Cobra Kai opens up Mm -hmm. uh, with a, I thought, very cleverly edited sort of montage is not the right word, but summary of the, of the uh, final fight scene. Yeah, definitely. Where Ralph Macchio, the bullied kid, takes out the bully. Which was nice for anyone who didn't see the movie. And it was very concise. They went shot for shot, basically. Like, gave the scoring, kind of gave the whole... I have to say, I really meant to ask multiple times, what does sweep the leg mean? Like, what is the significance of it? Like, obviously, there's a physical, like, I can imagine what it means to sweep the leg. But what? why is there so much emphasis (laughs) on it that there is a music video, which I now am aware of? Uh, Sweep the leg from the context of the movie was, uh, unless I'm wrong from mm-hmm. fans, bigger fans of the movie than me was the evil Cobra Kai instructor. Yeah. That's what he was saying. Yeah, Encouraging, uh, Johnny Lawrence, mm-hmm. who was the villain in the, in the movie, um, to fight dirty. Okay. Sweep so that the is the fight dirty. Yeah. Move. Do an illegal move okay. and hurt him and do what you got to do to win. Cause that's he was, he was a little bit, he was getting too rattled, more rattled than he should have been in this fight with, uh, with John, with Daniel Sun. Yeah. yeah. Daniel, Daniel LaRusso. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. So there's a little bit more context that we need to to throw at this. Mm-hmm. That Cobra Kai, um, which seems to to tell the story of the karate kid, the sequel to the karate kid mm-hmm. from Johnny's perspective. Um I Johnny is more famous to me. For being, I mean, in my, you know, today, his, yeah, his starring okay. role was this thing. But today, I think there's a whole generation that is really familiar with him from How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, from his cameo there where he plays himself. Right. Uh, in 2013, in the 2013 season eight episode of How I Met Your Mother, um, Bro Mitzvah, the Bro Mitzvah, where Barney's going to get married on his bachelor party, um, they, they, Set him up to meet the Karate Kid. Mm-hmm. So Barney's character, of course, thinks all the villains in movies are the good guys. Like um, Hans Gruber, uh, the movie Die Hard is nobody died harder than Hans Gruber. I love he, that. That's so good. <laughs> right, when he was flattened on the on the pavement, 
Um, Terminator. Terminator, where he thinks the Terminator's the good guy. I mean, the movie's named after him. <laughs> yeah, he of says, course he's the good guy. <laughs> he says in the Bro Mitzvah episode of Ralph Macchio, they say, oh, here's the Karate Kid. He goes, that is Ralph Macchio. That is not the Karate Kid. Um, <laughs> in, that, in that scene, he says, why don't you just go hang out with Harry Potter and who and Luke Skywalker and all the other horrible movie villains? <laughs> <laughs> so that character just is a quirky fun thing from from that series yeah uh misunderstands in every movie who the villains are uh and they have billy zapka or mm-hmm. william zapka plays himself in that and i think i think it that was had to have been to me that had to be the genesis of of cobra kai it's like there was that and there was the music video which we just watched mm-hmm. which was the the uh incoherently bad music video what is the name of the band i can't remember um no more kings no more kings and it's the song sweep the leg sweep the leg which is why i was like okay so wait what is yeah why is there so much (laughs) emphasis on that the 2007 music video sweep the leg or 2007 music video for of no more kings cult classic (laughs) cult classic um number one billboard you know for 15 years in a row was it really i don't know (laughs) Like this sounds. I don't. Non- I don't want to insult the guys because they're probably listening to our podcasts. Oh, they are, they they specifically are probably our fans. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know them. I don't know who they are. Yeah. So they made the. Uh, but they're I'm, they're very big. Mm-hmm. And um, I've heard of them Russia. once. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so they made a music video. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Zapka is in it, and he plays his character. And it was actually a reunion of sorts, and it almost felt like the. The pilot to this pilot, yeah, the backdoor pilot, which is not the definition. Yeah, of pilot. which a backdoor pilot is kind of a tester pilot, so it's not technically the same. But you know, like it's usually found as an Easter egg in a, an existing show. Right. So it being a music video, kind of almost a backdoor pilot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah it's like source. testing the theory to see if it's got traction. So it very much serves the fun- function of a backdoor pilot. And he's in it playing himself as Billy- loser Johnny. <laughs> and no, no, no. He's playing loser. William Zabka. Oh, that's true. But obs- everyone calls him yeah, Johnny. because he's so obsessed confusing. with the character that he played that one time. Like that, it is glory days. Yeah. So this is the music video. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas his girlfriend in the trailer park, where he lives in an, <laughs> in an actual trailer, uh, like not a manufactured home, a trailer, <laughs> with his buddies hanging out with him. I wondered if those were the kids that he was hanging out with in the movie. I, oh, yeah. I wondered if there was more actors in there from that he like kept in touch with from the original film. Um, and the karate instructor, and then they, and then they, you know, have their music video competition at the, <laughs> like, like the all Valley tournament in the, in the movie, but to play himself as a loser, <laughs> uh, and have such a good sense of humor about it. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be in how I met your mother alongside with Ralph Macchio. Again, having such a good sense of humor about himself. Yeah. It really feels to me that the genesis of the show was. Billy Zabka and Ralph Macchio are maybe not the busiest actors in the world. Yeah. And I, I've got to assume that they didn't pay the bills their whole lives with, with acting. With acting mm-hmm. That there's other things that those guys do and are good at. Yeah. But, and what's cool about it to me is it, it kind of makes you feel like watching the, the show, like here's two, they're not two Hollywood stars necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like here's two. Not big shots. Yeah, no, these are just kind of two regular guys who have this really cool opportunity to be in this, this show that, you know, 
I just it, it makes you feel like it's kind of all in the family. Like, oh, yeah. here's these just good guys that you're glad to see that they didn't become Hollywood dropout crackheads. Yeah. And uh, and they're fun and they got a good sense of humor about the thing that made them famous. Yeah, that they're grounded down to earth people exactly. who have who don't take themselves too seriously. Totally. And it's like right there is the the nugget that mm-hmm. the show that the seed that the show. That planted the sh- was for the yeah whatever that it grew upon <laughs> <laughs> whatever I'm trying to say yeah the, this was the seed from which the show was birthed. <laughs> I'm gonna cut out everything else except for that, and it's gonna sound really weird. <laughs> anyway, so there's like a lot of just good spirit going into it. Yeah. Um, and. And then, and then here we have it. So now we're watching it and we got to ask ourselves the question, does it establish the genre <laughs> or conventions of the show? So for you our used to know card for this. <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> every, every week one. he doesn't remember it. And to be fair, it's because we jump into characters before we do genre. Always. always. <laughs> <laughs> our structure. It says on this note card that she made for me, <laughs> our structure, dot, 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 dumbass, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> It doesn't say that part. It's for both of us. I looked at it before we did the thing. It says, does it establish the genre or conventions of the show, this pilot? What do you think? I mean, I would say so, yeah. It's you know a martial arts um, theme, and you were mentioning that's kind of the 1980s um, movie type. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't want my chair to be squeaking. Usually, I'm in a stationary chair. <laughs> oh yeah you normally are i didn't even notice i was yeah. rocking and i don't there's gonna be creaking on the recording now sorry i'll try well to, now we know why i'll try to control my butt <laughs> sorry, <everybody. laughs> please for multiple <laughs> reasons try harder to control your butt <laughs> <laughs> okay genre what were you saying, <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> okay so you um it's kind of it's just a martial arts type film like i guess i never really got into those so like i don't know if it's technically a genre but it seems to be like a you know, kind of your your older guy. <laughs> I would it say a genre? I would say easily martial arts, especially for anybody yeah. in martial arts who loves old school campy karate movies. Yeah, it's got a campiness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so it's kind of a redemption or comeback story, and it seems like. But mm-hmm. the fact that it exists, and maybe I'm just I laughed last week, and you brought it up as a thing. <laughs> like it just it was so absurd to me that this existed, especially because we had you know because my knowledge of Karate Kid mostly came from how I met your mother. Obviously, I knew it was a thing. Like I didn't grow up under a rock. Like yeah. I've I was aware of it. I've heard references. You know, I know wax on, wax off. Don't get me wrong. I'm not totally dumb, but. Oh, man, where was I going with that? (laughs) (laughs) Genre. (laughs) Genre. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that didn't actually take me back there. Uh, (laughs) Anyway. I thought maybe you could continue off of that. Right, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, so it it just it didn't have any weight for me. Oh, just that I thought it was really absurd. So How I Met Your Mother was my only reference point for it. So for you to tell me that that was the thing, I just, I laughed and then I was like, oh shit, was that supposed to be like a serious thing? Like, is this supposed to be taking itself really seriously? And I still don't fully know. Like, it still seems like tongue in cheek, the actor is, he doesn't take himself too seriously, but I think that we are supposed to take this show seriously, that it's not supposed to be a tongue in cheek like our last week's episode, you know, pilot of uh, Lower Decks, where it was very much mm. tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, it's fact, it's a joke 
the whole thing is a joke version of something that takes itself seriously. Yeah, exactly. And poking fun at how this takes, how could this take itself so seriously? Yeah, so I can see this this being something with a lot of martial arts tropes, but I don't think that, like, you know, Lower Decks, I don't think it's going to lean at and poke fun at those tropes, and maybe I'm wrong, but... um, Well, for genre, Mm -hmm. on the topic of genre, my, my actual note to myself was... 1980s novelty show mm-hmm. telling the follow-up story to Karate Kid from Johnny's point of view. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, sums it up pretty well. Like, that's... that's. It's I couldn't speci- come up with anything better. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the, it's critical that it's a 1980s novelty show mm-hmm. in, you know, in interpreting the, what is this? Like, does it take itself seriously? Because it's kind of stupid. Like, yeah. the tone of it's kind of stupid and it has a campy... Like, but I think I think it's because they're not... They're not great actors, or at the very least, their maybe their acting muscle is not as toned as it might end up being, or as it has been in other times in their careers. Because it feels like two guys who are sort of, you know, acted a little bit on the side. Uh, and you say two guys, you mean the guy who plays Danny and the guy who plays Johnny? Because uh-huh. Danny was very lightly in this and I know that for our scoring purposes we're only looking at the okay, pilot but I'm curious point. like beyond this does well, Danny become a bigger it. piece of it Ooh, interesting because I I kind of got this as like a, hey it's a run-in but I guess there is let that me, tie-in okay let me get ahead of ourselves yeah. a little bit since I'm watching the show right now mm-hmm. since I'm deep into the heart of the second season episode two <laughs> uh, <laughs> since I'm watching it let me say I do not think the pilot was successful conveying what the genre was of the show okay because what i captured here from from this watch this rewatch this mm-hmm. is a 1980s novelty show right yeah. there that is saying don't take it too seriously mm-hmm. this is an also ran one-off goofy stupid thing that we're doing yeah like, this is some youtube special because it was a youtube show mm-hmm. did we talk about that do we already address that i don't think we did okay this was a youtube show that that uh was made for well, I don't know if it was made for, but it was picked up by YouTube Red, which is now YouTube Premium, which is that YouTube service that nobody pays for, that nobody watches. And for, it may not be a thing, you know, by the time you listen to it, right? Right. I, <laughs> like, see, I don't feel like it's a thing now. I feel like they're already going a different way with that platform, but I'm yeah. not really paying that close of attention to it. Yeah. And nobody else is either. So mm-hmm. this show came on. It was on for two seasons, sure. and I knew about it. I thought it was fascinating. I was interested in checking it out because of the novelty of mm-hmm. it. Um, but didn't because it just wasn't worth getting a YouTube uh, account for. But now it's not a YouTube original. Now it's a Netflix now original. Now it's Netflix, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not, it was a YouTube original, but Netflix original But Netflix series. is claiming this, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now that Netflix has picked it up and we all have the ability to watch it, it's trending all over social media right now, mm-hmm. which is why I was looking at it and which is why... Well, no, I was already interested in it because I heard looking. about it before. So as soon as it hit Netflix and everybody started talking about it, for one thing, I was excited for it because mm-hmm. right there, novelty act, you're kind of rooting for it. You, yeah. You've been familiar with Billy Zapka and, and this premise that they put out into the world that he was the he was the fallen, forgotten kid. Like he was the one who got the, the rough end of the stick. Yeah. And nobody really understands the movie Karate Kid. It's actually him coping with his horrible, devastating loss. Yeah, um, so and it was something you and I discussed that this is kind of, it's a neat thing because movies of this time, you know, 1980s, they wouldn't have had this well-fleshed-out yes. character that, 
you know, he's actually a really complex, the fact that he can be a villain of one show and, you know, kind of the hero of another is really remarkable. Like that's the, that's the age of television we're in. It's peak TV. It's, it's still, it feels kind of stupid mm-hmm. and yet you're watching it and the, uh, the, the first, the opening scene alone, yeah. when we have the flashback to summarize that defeat mm-hmm. and then the character falls on the mat and the, uh, the guy is saying on the mic, uh, this year's champion, Danny LaRusso, 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 as we fade into mm-hmm. him today. And he's a loser. Like that moment right there, that fr- because that scene or that shot where he hits the ground was not from the movie. It was from, that was, that was a reenactment. Okay. Yeah, that was him hitting the mat in a, in a reenactment. And in the show, right at, at that moment, point in these mm-hmm. just first couple of minutes and you start with the familiarity of the movie with a little bit of a recut so it's it's like a really welcome like reintroduction to the film i think that it's a film quality yeah like in a video world yeah youtube which is video right or digital yeah well i'm just it was a video player yeah. so it's not like you oh, go to I youtube you know historically speaking like our connection with youtube is a video site with mm-hmm. with poor quality videos <laughs> not to say we live in that world anymore but mm-hmm. but you know that might kind of be part of the that might be in the back of my mind when you're watching this and it starts film quality yeah. on a video platform in a video world kind of elevates the show where it's like oh this is interesting because there's this dichotomy between the original material in a um in a i don't know a fan favorite show and or a film and this new show that when you're seeing the original characters in it, when you're seeing the karate instructor, the mm-hmm. e- evil Cobra Kai karate instructor, Elizabeth Shue, who's the girlfriend uh, in the movie, and Zabka and Machio, um, it's it's like you might not expect that from just a stupid novelty show. I think that's yeah. where I'm going with it. It was much deeper than I thought it mm-hmm. would be because I definitely came into it thinking that it would be, you know, tongue in cheek. Right, that it exactly. It would not take itself very seriously. Like, it's it's nice to see it takes itself kind of seriously. So there's some yeah. buy-in. You know, I it's guess, a thirty-minute like show. I guess what I might have felt like we were in for was a cheesy, mm-hmm. stupid, tongue-in-cheek web series. That's what I was expecting. That's why I guess what I always felt like this was going to be. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's helpful because that puts my finger on exactly why I had such mixed feelings about like mm-hmm. what are we in for? Mm-hmm. It's going to be this stupid web series. <laughs> Wait a second, Netflix is picking it up now. Like, what is this? Yeah. And is it serious? And then you, in that first few minutes when he hits the mat and they cut to the, the new footage, intermixed with the old footage of him hitting the mat and, and the guy on the microphone, uh, Danny LaRusso, LaRusso, LaRusso. And it kind of carries off into the future like, mm-hmm. like Danny LaRusso's the winner. And this was a humiliating defeat for this kid. And he was a kid and he had this crazy abusive uh, karate instructor, which you didn't look at it as crazy abusive karate instructor at the time because it was 1980s. You know, David and Goliath storytelling mm-hmm. was very so simple. There's a good very, guy and there's a bad yeah. guy and you all hate the bad guy and mm-hmm. we all love the good guy. And we and exaggerate the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And then and you put that same story, the exact same as it happened story, which was told from Daniel's perspective. And you put it in uh, today's world of peak TV. Oh, that's not the whole story. Yeah. There's way more to it than that. Mm-hmm. He's just a kid that had this humiliating loss to this other kid who went on to be a big shot. Mm-hmm. And he just ended up a loser. Yeah. That was the moment that changed his life. So when you when you see, wow, there's a lot more thought into this. It's a lot more like 
you mean to tell me that the characters are actually really complex? <laughs> it was really that's really interesting. However, uh, the genre question we're asking ourselves and the scoring of that in this pilot, I don't think it conveyed the genre. It, it did some brilliant things artistically, but on the whole, mm-hmm. I don't think the genre was made fully clear. Um, and I don't think it was, I would give it a failing grade in that category. Okay. Ooh, because, our first failing mm-hmm, grade. Yes, That's exciting. <laughs> because the tone was all off. Mm-hmm. Like there's some things about it that are really quite serious. Mm-hmm. Um, like he is an alcoholic racist, like, yeah, some really serious things that I don't feel like they really addressed. Yeah. The whole immigrant mm-hmm. thing made me really <laughs> cringe. I oh, hated great. More that. immigrants in the, Apartment building. Yeah, which is referring to this sweet young kid. Um, what is his name? Miguel. Miguel Diaz. Miguel Diaz. And he's like this sweet kid, and he like you know doesn't even take a beat with it. He's just like, I'm actually from here, you know, basically like. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, to what I came yeah, here I'm for. Yeah, I'm used to that. Yeah. Let, me, let me ask you the question that I have for you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Really nice kid, like trying to yeah. connect with the neighbor guy who just you know like has a question for and is trying mm-hmm. to connect with. And he's so mean to him. Yeah. Oh, he's such a dick. <laughs> and and you think about it. If you took away any of the goodwill that you had coming into this mm-hmm. from his work on How I Met Your Mother, from <laughs> the stupid uh, um, music video, <laughs> if, you, if you take it, and we didn't watch, the, we watched the music video after, and I just read yes. about it on Wikipedia. So it really is How I Met Your Mother was the feeling coming into it. Absolutely. You have this, and it comes onto his perspective. So it's like it really does pick up where How I Met Your Mother left off. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, where they leave us. Yeah, like the last thing, the most recent thing in the cultural mindset about How I Met Your Mother, I mean, sorry, about The Karate Kid, is How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. So not even, you know, The Karate Kid remake because it was Kung Fu, um, but I haven't seen it. (laughs) Can you imagine if Barney Stinson knew that this series existed? Can you imagine... (laughs) Actually, I'd be really curious to know how um, Barney Stinson's character, actor's name is... Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, I knew that. Sorry, buddy. I know you're listening. Um, (laughs) I knew knew it. I was just blanking. Uh, (laughs) I would really be curious to know how Neil Patrick Harris feels about um, the fact that his character created the show yeah right i know <laughs> what a cultural touchstone that how is. neat so would cool. it be if there was a neil patrick harris cameo in cobra kai On pilots? And it, oh. yeah no <laughs> that would be cool too but i don't think i'd be able to speak like <laughs> my nerves would not make oh, that a possibility so you're welcome be on that. any time yep. mr patrick harris i'll run the mics <laughs> <laughs> and i won't fuck it up this time <laughs> take two <laughs> okay so uh <laughs> what was i saying uh, the I, I think we were just on the how r- i met your mother oh yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so that was the most recent thing and you're coming into that with goodwill over this actor mm-hmm. who as he's our audience surrogate <laughs> even though he's horrible you wouldn't like him if yeah. uh if you didn't have that background with if you didn't like William Zabka so damn much. Yeah. Well, and they really set it up so you know he got a bum deal. Like you see oh, like yeah. the early fights, I was like, "Oh, I never heard about that with Karate Kid. Like that was never something like obviously I never watched it, but it, that was never a takeaway that somebody summarized when you know they described Karate Kid was that, you know, the guy the Cobra Kai instructor was abusive that there was maybe another story there you know what it's because we didn't realize because it was a 1980s movie where they were just the the black hats and the white hats you know the bad guys and the good guys Uh, and and for the the filmmakers 
the producers of this show, they I think they saw it in a much more nuanced way than mm-hmm. probably most of us would have realized. And, you know, I'm not meaning to say that other people hadn't looked at it in a literal, a literal context over the years, but I just didn't... Like, he's such a menacing character, the uh, the instructor the cobra kai instructor oh yeah I that, can see that. It, it's really easy to just put him in okay good guys bad guys box mm-hmm. but for the i gotta give the producers a tremendous amount of credit for what they did here because they really did see a more complex story and a more complex character yeah. based on a joke yeah from you know the material that we've already talked about yeah anyway really interesting stuff so it uh enters on him and his loss and um and then we get into meeting him as as a character, but because it still feels kind of silly, like we see him at his job, he's terrible at it. Mm-hmm. He's terrible at it. He's oh, a he's handyman. He's the worst at it. It's painful. <laughs> and it's... he's got mean customers who are horrible to him. Oh my god, the door thing just killed me. He put it on the one, you know. She's like, put it on the one across from the door, the wall across yeah, from the, the door. Hang the TV. Mount the TV. Yeah, and he. Did but there's two the door. doors and so it's like there are three possible walls she could have. I mean, like <laughs> not that door, this door, you fucking idiot. Yeah, you just put it on the wall that literally no TV should ever be. And it was clearly the better wall because the other one had a light switch. And yeah, a and it looked like it was it. getting like daylight. <laughs> like you don't want to glare on your TV screen. Yeah. Come on. So we clearly put it on the better wall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then he says, "Stop bitching at me." And then he gets fired. I didn't call her a bitch. I said she was bitching at me. And then uh, he says on the phone, "You're fired." Yeah. Wait, you're gonna fire me over what that bitch said? <laughs> <laughs> Hate this job anyway. But in that moment right there, it's like the first time you've seen him act. Yeah. Since he was a kid. Yeah. I don't. I, I wouldn't count what he did as playing himself. Yeah. And How I Met Your Mother is acting, performing. Performing, uh, yeah. But not acting. Yeah. And here he's acting for the first time. And it's like, oh, that's awkward. I felt like that was super awkward. And you you aren't like as much of a loser in real life as your character is. So I just don't, I'm just not buying the, the act here. Oh, really? I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay, but I was uncomfortable because I was hyper aware that I was watching Billy Zapka play, literally play, um the character from the 1984 classic film Karate Kid 34 years later after a joke made in How I Met Your Mother. Like, I was just very aware of this and I, okay. s- I still did not like, have a mental scheme to put it in and mm-hmm. wasn't ready to trust the fact that they are really making, that they are making an actual TV drama. Yeah. So that's why the tone was just off for me. I was wondering, is it kind of stupid because the production values are low? Is it kind of stupid because the actors are maybe not in their finest form? Um, is it, kind of stupid or is that just me <laughs> but the show gets i think it just gets a lot deeper as it goes along yeah and to your question yes ralph macchio does have a much bigger presence in the show as it goes oh along. i forgot that that was where we started <laughs> that we mm-hmm. that yeah. you were gonna get it onto this yeah yeah yeah. i'm excited to hear this right 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 <laughs> so he does have a bigger presence does he okay and because of that because it's very much about the the the, duo. the duality of these two still bumping heads. These low these many years later, and uh, you know he's. Well, let me hold that thought till we get into characters. I thought we were there. It you uh, failed. It you didn't. Once <laughs> genre. No, it didn't convey all those things oh, okay. to me yeah. in a clear way as the show as it becomes clear as the show goes along. That makes sense. 
Um, so that's a failing grade I probably would not have been able to issue myself not having context for the rest of the series. I felt yeah. pretty apprehensive other than feeling like it's a... You know, I felt pretty ambiguous on it. Like, not but, knowing what's going to go ha- happen going forward. Because honestly, I do know it's supposed to... Like, feel like it's supposed to be a redemption story. But, like, up until the last minute, he was just an asshole whose life shat on him. And he continued to shit on other people as a result. Like, he was angry, antisocial. And well, you said it. He's a loser. Right. <laughs> uh, now... As we are specifically talking about characters, mm-hmm. his, our second category, yeah, his presentation, like, do, well, does it effectively introduce us to the characters? That uh, was on what the note card says. You don't have to read the note card <laughs> verbatim, man. <laughs> it's a general idea, I don't so you remember it. <laughs> um, no, I thought, and for the reasons we've already addressed, the way yeah. it angles in on him, and we realize, boom, right after the intro in our show here Mm -hmm. where we realize we're going to study this from his perspective oh among his many things that we were talking about where it deals with some actual heavy issues yeah the stepdad played by ed asner who's just an awful disgusting mean like wealthy bully who's just terrible to him he was in the movie no no okay he so he he's in the show. Whoa, okay. so, sorry, it wasn't. So having not seen the movie, I don't know no, how no, many people are recurring question. characters. So I was like, when I saw him show up in the show, I'm like, so is this like a cameo thing because he was in the movie, or is he maybe going to be yeah. a significant character? Super great point because why wouldn't he have been in the movie? Yeah, yeah he's a, exactly. He's a big star. Uh, and well, and it being a stepdad, it felt like a very nuanced thing. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he would be. Yeah. No, well, I mean like he would have been a well-known player yeah. at the time. So why wouldn't he have been in that? Um, but he, uh, he's just for what he's bringing to the, to his role right now. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's pretty dark. I mean, that scene with him just being totally disgraceful to, uh, Johnny's character. Mm-hmm. That's pretty rough. Oh, anyway. So Johnny is the character, yeah. by the way. <laughs> right. So, so I thought that was an absolutely brilliant character introduction. Yeah. The, the introduction we get to Zapka was what to, uh, Johnny Lawrence, I thought was awesome. Yeah. Because it tells us we are, it says so much about how we are going to be telling this story from his perspective in that moment. And that he, like that moment ruined his life. Oh, absolutely. I will say it is crazy to me that it had such a heavy weight. So I'm thinking specifically when um, I'm going to pull up my Danny note card here now that I know he's a recurring character and that this is going to be a relevant note card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I was like, okay, so he's a big shot at a dealership now. He's painted this as a winner. And apparently, even though he's a winner, he's still talking about to his adult friends about something that happened in high school. And I'm like, wait, so he's a winner, but he's still obsessed with high school. Like, well, how how are both of these things true? How has he not gotten (laughs) over this yet? Yeah, exactly. If you were the winner, I think it said so much about his character, too, as the nerd who made it the the, you know, bullied kid who who like found his found his voice and found his foot. Um, <laughs> I think it says a lot about him. Maybe not quite at this point in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but when when Johnny goes to the car dealership because his car, which got hit by Daniel Larusso's daughter, ah, oh, that was such a weird. Mm-hmm. That's what made me think maybe Daniel Larusso is uh, like a recurring, recurring character, character on it. Really, nothing in the end of this pilot made you feel like Larusso is going to be a prominent character. Yeah, it was like, what is he a novelty act here too? Is he? Uh, 
is he the villain? Is like, and then and then he goes, hey Johnny, how you doing? It's like, oh right, he's a successful guy now. He went on to win and win and win and win. Yeah, um, things are awesome for him. And then he brings this up again among the guys that work for him, and it really seems like they feel like his henchmen in this scene. Yeah, enjoying bullying this poor loser guy still. Yeah, it's amazing that he can overcome later. bullying to become a bully. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I feel like it says so much about him as an insecure uh, insecure uh, victim of bullying that he like, never totally overcomes that. This is maybe looking too deeply into it, but he, he's never truly overcome that role, being that kid. He still feels like, like a victim to... Um, Johnny Lawrence that he still needs to hot shot up to nowadays. Still needs to remind him who's better. Right. Because it was pretty close there. Right. And honestly, because um, he's the superior physical talent. I mean, he was in the movie. Like, this was the underdog overcoming. But he was the superior martial artist in... I, I think you could argue that in many ways. And I mean, the, the, just the physicality of it. Yeah. So it's like, he's still looking at this guy like, Oh yeah. I remember that I beat you though. I beat <laughs> you though. It's like, yeah, I'm fully fucking aware of it, man. I've been remembering this for years. <laughs> uh, so those are the two major character introductions. There's also Miguel, which we talked about. And I can't think of any other characters. Ed Asner. We mentioned anybody else Let's whose see. introduction was noteworthy. <sighs> I don't think so. Let me double check. There was no one else super noteworthy. Uh, the stepdad I didn't make a note card on because I wasn't sure. Again, like I think that's my big thing with these characters is that I don't know if they're going to, like how, how much weight they're going to have and I don't know if they're going to carry us on. Who's just a cameo? Yeah, who's just a cameo? So, I mean, this could be just like a really something where I'm not, you know, Having not seen the original source material, mm-hmm. that this maybe just wasn't made for me. And so this is something I don't get. And so for me, it's not successful in, you know, in conveying to me what's going to happen going forward. Uh, because yeah, I don't know no, where it's point. trying to catch me up from. Super good point. And, and it's a peak TV era mm-hmm. show. It's not an old school show where here's let's get our ensemble together. Yeah. Uh, because there's you, you don't know this, but uh, LaRusso's family is a prominent part of the show. Okay, yeah, um, that I would guess just based on the daughter's involvement yep. that they're it, hinting at it. But his wife is not in this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think maybe the way they're introducing, wow, they're bringing the characters in. You got Ed Asner, so you got a, you know, a, a prominent actor there. Uh, is Elizabeth Shue going to be in this, who's the yeah. girlfriend uh, from back then, who's gone on to be a big star? Uh, she's never really stopped working. You see her all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is... Is this going to be, is that LaRusso's wife? Are we going to meet her? Is, is he going to be an important character? None of that's clear. Uh, of course, for our for the purposes of our scoring, mm-hmm. um, since we don't know who's a central character necessarily and who's not, I would say the character introductions that we have are really interesting. Yeah, they you are, know? definitely. Yeah, Johnny Lawrence for the reason we said, and because by the time we see uh, Danny LaRusso at the 22nd minute about... Like in a 30 minute show. So he's not mm-hmm. in this until the very end. Uh, and he's a douche. He's a total douchebag. Yeah. And you don't like him. And it's like, oh, is this so he's a sleazy car salesman now? And he's, he's a hot shot and felt bully? like what they did with him, though, is the same thing that we um, kind of criticized the 1980s movies for, which is making your 
bad guys kind of onerously bad. Like, why are they this? Like, no, this unbelievably bad. Like, this isn't a realistic, you don't, you know, in nobody's eyes is this guy like a good guy. Like, so you have to kind of at least believe that he, you know, that the bad guy believes in what he's doing, that he's not just evil for the sake of being evil because that's not believable. And I just don't get that with this guy, that he's kind of a bully again. And I'm like, really? But... LaRusso. Right? LaRusso, yes. Yeah. And in this, you know, in the TV series, I'm just like, it, it was surprising to me that he was just such a, such a bully. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as it goes on, I would say his, his motivations become a lot more complex. Yeah. But, but he, he is awful. I will, I will disagree a little bit mm-hmm. in that we're taking a character that was so pure and yeah. so clearly the good guy mm-hmm. that it might have paid dramatically to overcompensate for that a little bit. Okay. And make yeah. him a little bit more of a douchebag. Yeah, well round him, make yeah. him have some faults. Right. Some believable so, ones yeah, even. so that we introduce him from the point of his faults because okay. we already know all of his purity and all of his goodness. That's and we point. haven't seen him for 34 years. So, <laughs> dramatically speaking, what happened to this guy? Yeah. Is he um is he a douchebag? Is there more to it than this? You see his daughter, she just hit his car, so like <laughs> she might be an asshole. Uh, and so we don't know, but she like she seems like a cute, nice girl. So you don't get the sense that that she's out there hitting everybody's car. <laughs> like, but you don't know. But they appear to be the villains in this um, at this point in it. But I think they, I think the overcorrection pays off. Okay. Based on the history of it, that we need to kind that. of we need to see him as an asshole to mm-hmm. believe that he is more complex. Yeah, so I think two things for me. One, again, like I said, not seeing the source material, it becomes hard to see, like, to know what I should be expecting is just a nod back to the original movie versus what is what they're trying to give me as far as hints, as far as mm. what to expect going forward. Right. Um, oh, goodness. And the other piece of that um, is just that I... I don't know. I don't connect with... I'm not connecting with them... T- I don't understand the story that they're trying to tell, I guess, like where they're taking me with it at all. And I don't know if it's just because I don't have a connection to Karate Kid. Like I literally look to you to be like, OK, so what's happening next? Because to me, it's a redemption story. But like. No, fill in the rest of that, because other than he's a loser in life, I don't know, you know, what other context we have for it. So. Right. Which transitions us exactly mm-hmm. into our third category. Mm-hmm. in our scoring system does it clearly establish the plot we can expect for the series i would say no like i really like it and i think it has a lot of responsibility to close the gap between you know the movie like 30 a lot of responsibility, years like a lot that it needs to accomplish yeah that it in ha- this pilot yeah that yeah. it already has a lot of responsibility there so it it's not to like fault it entirely for it like i get that this would need something maybe in addition uh, to the pilot difficult task yeah it's a difficult task um because that's a lot. Like you definitely have to close that gap. You need to tell me what happened in between, um, and, and it's especially only a thirty-minute show. And you <laughs> and you need to round it out for anyone who didn't see it, because you don't want to alienate anyone who didn't watch that movie. Right. Uh, I agree. I I think I would I would fail it in this category, and it's you know it, it connects to genre, mm-hmm. you know the plot. So it's it's not surprising that if it were gonna falter in genre that I think would falter in plot also. Yeah. And I think it does. I don't think it clearly establishes the plot that we're expecting at all. Mm-hmm. I think by the end of it, there's more questions that you have than, yeah. than answers. Like is, is he, cause it, it, what happens? Uh, LaRusso 
when he's saying, look, man, that's all water under the bridge. No big deal. Yeah. And he says Cobra Kai isn't important anymore. Something like that. Like we're better yeah. off without Cobra Kai. Yeah. Thank God Cobra Kai is not in business anymore. And then he, oh, we miss a huge part of the plot, yeah. which is when he uh, comes across, um, blanking on his name right now. I got it here. Miguel. Miguel. He comes across Miguel Diaz uh, when he's at the convenience store buying beer. Oh, because he just got fired. So now mm-hmm. he's going to get drunk. And Miguel gets abused, gets, uh, yeah, he gets beat up. He gets some pretty abusive stuff from these bully kids. Yeah. Um, and I will say it was bothersome for me to watch how long Johnny just was okay not being involved. Like, he let that go pretty far. Until his vehicle was involved in this altercation, he did not want to be involved himself. Oh, was it the vehicle? Yeah, it wasn't until they hit his vehicle because they were fighting outside. It was kind of, you know, they started throwing him and threw like the Pepto from the convenience store on him. Dumped it on his head. Dumped it on his head. Yeah, I called him like Rhea Boy or something like that. Like Diarrhea Boy. Yeah, it was gross. Um, But yeah, he didn't step in at all. Like there were so many points where it's like, well, he could step in here or here or here and be like in any other, you know, movie. This is where I'd expect that the hero, our hero walks in Mm -hmm. and it's just like, nope. Okay, but he hit his car. Okay, so now the kid has been thrown on his car and he's mad that his car is being involved. It's a classic car. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's terrible... A <laughs> it's a beater. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I didn't put that together or missed it this time that, mm-hmm. that it was not until the car got uh, involved mm-hmm. that he got involved. Yeah. Well, he just got the car back from the shop, didn't he? No, it hadn't gone to the shop. Yeah, yet. it was like sequential. I don't think we'd gotten to that point yet. Right. It was just like, hey, my life is fucked enough. This is my car. Don't fuck with my car. This is the one thing I have in my shit life. Right. And it's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> so then he steps in and beats up the bullies, like physically beats them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Miguel's hit his door. Which was a lot because yeah, like, right. what? how old are they? They're, they can't be like 18. 16. Yeah, so he's like... Over thirty, he's like over forty at this you point. Know what, he's like though, forty something. They're in peak physical condition. But he's just—they're tough enough to beat ass. up this kid. <laughs> they're tough enough to take a beating. Oh, for sure. Like I took beatings at seventeen years old in, in karate that I would not dare go toe to toe with now. Okay, so if there's an ever appropriate time to beat the shit out of a kid, that's the appropriate time. Perhaps, but to <laughs> those who uh, you know are not in karate, we feel like maybe that's a lot, and that an adult should probably not be hitting children who you know he is are drunk not technically and off his game already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I what I dug was that the actor is clearly uh, stayed up on his skills. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a martial artist. I just, I guess I. It's nice that you as it. another martial artist can like really I pick it out. That. Okay, maybe it's that. Because um, <laughs> I really wouldn't have noticed. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, there's like movie martial arts. There's movie, uh, you know, movie technology stuff like yeah. hacking the mainframe. And so I never know like what's true to like Fair. the source material. I, I thought that the um, choreography, mm-hmm. the fight choreography was underwhelming enough that it felt pretty authentic. I really to me. liked it though. I still no, thought what, it was neat. I agree. Yeah. No, no. I actually liked that it was kind of underwhelming. Mm-hmm. In, in translation, they didn't have a big enough budget. Yeah. To do over the top spectacle, so I felt like what we're seeing there is just their actual skill set. And he's kicking sixteen-year-olds' asses. Like you can't make too much of a spectacle without it just being problematic. <laughs> 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 like there's a reason the police get involved. <laughs> That's yes, that needs to happen. There need to be consequences for that. 
So Miguel shows up at his house the next day saying, hey, <laughs> you saved my life. I want to learn what you know. And he says, nope, not going to do it. Not even sure if I'm supposed to be around kids right now. <laughs> oh, I love that line so much. <laughs> that was good. Because <laughs> um, it really brings attention to the fact that, no, yeah, that happened. What, what you think happened is super what happened. And yeah. it fits the story we're telling, but it's kind of out of line. So <laughs> <laughs> let's sort of just acknowledge that and move on. <laughs> so... Uh, at that point, he's asking for him to um, train him. Yeah. He says, absolutely not. I don't do karate anymore. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and he says, hey, you ever think that maybe if you stop being so annoying, people would stop being <laughs> Yeah, it was fucked up so too. Much. It was so mean. I was just like, <laughs> I really hate it when adults are like, can you just stop being you? Hey, what makes you inherently you? Can you just stop it, please? <laughs> I mean, I get why you're getting beat up because the way you are, I want to beat you up too. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to be a bully. (laughs) (laughs) It was really weird seeing the, the guy who is the bully turn around and try to save the guy who is, who is now being bullied there. And there's something different about this Cobra Kai, not clear. So I'm speaking of later in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause it's still, we're still sort of in an ambiguous area of who's good and who's bad. Um, as the you know, as the show goes, which on. seems to be a theme of this, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but it's there's something different about this Cobra Kai to me, or I want to make exceptions for it because in this case he's making nerds be confident, like find their inner awesome, and and it's problematic in the show because because they're some you know to, to a degree they're not being honest to themselves in certain cases. Or maybe all the cases. Yeah. But, but the intention seems, from this point of view, and maybe this is how Cobra Kai always was, but for, the intention of it seems to be, let's take loser kids and make them confident. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I do too. So there's a part of it, like, he's maybe not the right messenger, but he's also <laughs> the only messenger. Like, yeah. he's, he's not the hero that we need or want, but he's the one that we have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's a flawed guy, and to, to the best of his ability, he's going to help kids be better. Yeah. It was a very quick snap decision, it felt like. All of a sudden, he was just like, yep, doing the thing. By yeah. the way, it's not karate teacher, it's your sensei. Yeah, I'm going to be your sensei. sensei. <laughs> and at that point, still, it feels like, are we joking, though? Like, is this serious <laughs> or are we joking? <laughs> uh, I feel like karate always has that kind of a cheesiness around it, though, that you really have to, like, actively fight. I don't know. As somebody who never Tell did karate myself, Tell like... It was really hard having dated somebody who did karate and being like, no, it's really cool. Like, it's actually a really cool thing. But to, like, have to explain to people, no, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Like, no, uh, they're not all just anime nerds. Yeah, exactly. Who want to run around with samurai (laughs) swords. Not all of them, anyway. Actually, all of the karate kids that I met, I do adore. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like any of those were dorks. No, there's a lot more to to it than, and it kind of depends on your school, too, because there's a lot of ones that are embarrassing like mm-hmm. i don't tell people i've never if i go around and say my dojo <laughs> i'm in my dojo <laughs> and the truth is there is a dojo culture like that is a thing that is mm-hmm. what we say we say i'm gonna go to the dojo but but you know how it the kind of things it relates to for mm-hmm. people um and i think of kids that i did compete against that were were black belts at, at uh karate schools that would just hand out black belts because it was good business to to uh get the kids promoted quickly Oh, okay. Yeah. So being a black belt, them, like fast food 
doesn't necessarily mean you can do X, Y, and Z. It's no, it's and it, it might be in the uh, like franchiseification of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've never been to Japan, so I don't, I don't maybe, I don't know if it's culturally what it how it looks out there. But yeah, out here there's enough nerds doing it, and enough things that are <laughs> goofy about it inherently, and then enough people that. They want. They took a karate class at the YMCA when they were eight years old, <laughs> and then go around. And I've met this character a bunch of times in yeah. life that go around saying I'm a karate expert forever mm-hmm. after that. And I think maybe they had weird family issues and weird insecure stuff that people started saying to get their kids to be more confident. But you're a karate expert. Yeah. Remember, you're a karate expert, and kind of fundamentally misunderstood it. So I, I'm probably a little bit more Cobra Kai than I am Miyagi, because <laughs> <laughs> they were horrible. To I mean, they were. Beat us up. Good. Yeah. Now we'd have eight hour karate tests. Uh, six hours. No, I really feel like, and honestly, the reason why I would have, like, at least consider putting my kids through karate is it really seems to teach discipline. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's just something that I don't feel like enough. I mean, maybe if you really do a sport, I, I did soccer, but like, I think I just, you know, talk to a boy the entire time and watch other people run across the field, you know, like (laughs) I never did the thing. Doing karate and being a martial artist are two different things. Doing karate is something you do as a kid. And Mm -hmm. and don't get me wrong. I don't mean to sound like a snob about it, but there's, um, there's something in it for everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when you're at a certain age and you say, Oh, I do karate. I do. You do karate. I do karate. Uh, there's a point in time that I got very, well, I, I was never open about it, but I got very private about it mm-hmm. where it was like, no, this is actually something that means a lot to me. And I, I don't care. I don't want to hear the stigmas about it. I don't want to feel like I need to prove it to you. I don't want to have the, the chuckle over. Oh yeah, my dojo. So I just didn't talk about it. I sort of found euphemisms around it. Just say, nope, I'm a martial artist. Uh, I don't like saying I don't. I don't like using any of the the verbiage that somebody might use to like make fun of me over, dojo. Okay. Karate, because a lot of people there's so many jokes like, oh, you know, karate. I he knows karate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. I don't want to get caught up in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not me. So you it's don't weird. Know. It's and it's personal. I think there yeah. is a there's a sort of not religious, but there's a it's a discipline. So it is a yeah. discipline about it that if you're fully committed to it, it gets pretty goofy. Like it could be it's an easy thing to make fun of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's enough people that that make it even easier. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> God bless their souls or whatever, whatever one says. Frickin Elrod. <laughs> so <laughs> we're at the end of the show uh, and he says, I'm going to be what's the last line? Did I write it? Mm, they put it in quotes. He says, I'm going to teach you to be badass or something. Oh, he said. Direct quote? Strike. No, he says, <laughs> I'm, going to, um, I'm going to be your sensei. Oh, when the time is right, you'll strike back. Okay. And yeah, that's, that's right. Mm-hmm. So the plot that they're kind of handing us that, that we can expect to follow is they're plotting their return. Is it a redemption story? Or the return of Cobra Kai is something better maybe. Or is something worse? Because he says, I'm going to teach you how to strike back. It's like, well, you were the bad guy. You're not Mm -hmm. the bad guy anymore. But since we're looking at the dual perspective thing, what does striking back mean? Is it going to be, is it vengeance? Mm -hmm. Or is it um, achievement? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Which I think also brings us into the hook, which I thought was pretty successful. And there was enough weird ambiguities in it that it was like, I don't know, I'm... 
Like, yeah. I don't know what strike back means, but I'd be compelled to see what's going on now. I am definitely interested to know what happens next. Like, absolutely very interested. Is it my type of show that I think I would binge and find out what happens next? No, I have you for that. I know you're going to watch it, and I'm just going to ask you what happens next because I have a couple things I'm curious about, but I probably wouldn't sit down and... Like, it's just not my type of genre. Do you think that was an effective hook, though? Is that what Yeah, I think so. Was? Yeah, no, absolutely. Getting the answer to that question is absolutely why I would let interest. that keep rolling. Now, I will say... All right, so now that we've scored each of these, mm-hmm. and that was two passes and two fails... In our four categories. Yeah. Genre, we ultimately failed. Uh, Characters, we passed. Plot, we failed. And Hook, we think was a pass. How exciting. I didn't think we'd fail something. I thought we just liked things too much. And I was really (laughs) nervous that I was like, we should avoid the words pass or fail. What if we never fail anything? This was a stupid system. (laughs) Right? Right. But that's all to prove that we can really like something or love something and it can fail. (laughs) This scoring system that we spent months working on was a mistake and an utter failure. Oh, it'd be so upsetting. We spent so much work on it and we're too far <laughs> into it to change it. So damn it, it's staying the same forever. You suck it up and deal with it. <laughs> but no, here's here's a great example of a show that I think ultimately the pilot was a failure. Mm-hmm. And I think the show that follows is much more interesting. Mm-hmm. It's got much more heart in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it does become clear that there is some goofiness about it. That's good. Uh, and, and there is just some humor in the character. Like there's some humor in it. Yeah. Like there's some natural humor, but it actually is a sequel it's a true sequel to the original karate kid movie i mean it takes play it starts up the moment it leaves off which is at the defeat Mm -hmm. at the uh, tournament so do you think that people who were not like people like me who were not karate kid fans do you know anyone who didn't watch that growing up and is into the show now i'm curious i no, I don't have an answer to that. My, my <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My guess is that there's this is trending among enough people, mm-hmm. including me, who is familiar with it, but yeah. wasn't the generation that was going to be a huge fan of it. Yeah. Like I said, by the time I was introduced to Vinny's cousin. <laughs> my cousin Vinny. He was in his 20s standing trial for murder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a My Cousin Vinny reference. I, yeah, I'll have to watch. <laughs> I figured that was the thing, and I just kind of kept kept going because you know <laughs> I have nothing to cue off of. I don't know the source material. Well, I'm so sorry. The point <laughs> is, he wasn't the teenager to me who like he wasn't the underdog. Yeah, he was like the cool guy who was falsely uh, on trial for murder. So okay. so I didn't maybe have that connection to it. So yeah. if you're looking at me, I'm not a a, a huge fan. I'm not a. I don't know the deep cuts. Mm-hmm. I Same. don't know Karate Kid 3. I don't know Karate Kid 4, the Hillary Swank edition. Uh, <laughs> I don't know those. So I'm not like the world's biggest fan. And if I'm watching it, there's other people that have to be watching it because it's trending or who, like you, are being introduced to it for the first time. Yeah. So just playing the odds, I would say that there's probably a bunch of people who are engaged right now that only know the source material from its mm, cultural impact. How I met your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't that's funny no that is funny I didn't mean that but I mean wax on yeah. wax off I yeah, mean absolutely. I mean the whole For sure. yeah. mythos absolutely anyway so <laughs> sorry I had to <laughs> I actually would incur- this here just give me this yeah okay give it a couple of episodes I promise <laughs> you'll be into it <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> There's a lot of good TV out there. <laughs> it's short. It's easy to. Is it? Yeah. It's easy to get through it. Um, and 
I think it would appeal. Obviously, it would appeal more to me. Mm-hmm. It's like I'll I'll watch it and I'll get out of bed and be like, I need to practice some forms. I need to practice. Some- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I start, and then I and I'm watching it and I'm trying to practice some kicks and I do a couple and I get winded. <laughs> <laughs> being thirty, man, it takes it out of you. And then I go, no kidding. So does being fat now. Um, <sighs> Quarantine twenty. <laughs> <laughs> so then I sit back down and go back to watching the show. Um, you're not going to have that problem probably, but I do think it's, <laughs> I would say that it's, it's really a unique, it's a unique cultural touchstone that mm-hmm. we're experiencing right now with this. Yeah. I think it's going to go on to have relevance in some way or another. And I think, uh, I think you would feel rewarded by watching it. Sure. So in time. <laughs> we'll see if I my show hole gets deep That's enough. That might be my show hole. Oh, is that what you call it? Yeah, if my show hole gets say. deep enough. I know. I, this is the first time I've it's really struggled with dig. it, and I had my my hand over my throat, so it was hard to say. My blowhole. My show hole. My hole. <laughs> yeah. No, there was like this. I, I'm wanting to say it must have been Netflix or something, and it was like that commercial where it's like somebody's really depressed, like they're grieving a death, and they're like, oh how long have you been in that show hole or something like that? And it's like somebody's straight up digging a grave. Like it's like very grim and it's hilarious because that's actually how I feel when a good TV show, like I'm totally done with it. That last episode happens and I'm like, Oh, I feel like this depressed person on the couch, like oh, go man. dig a grave. Nothing's ever going to live up to this. I can't, I can't engage with anything else anymore. <laughs> Finishing breaking bad was like devastating being a meth head whose meth was taken <laughs> away. Who will never be able to experience that high again? Oh, uh, you know. So there was months of <laughs> of Netflix meandering happening. I like I was in the Netflix desert. You're just meandering, looking for water or a show hole to fall into, uh, <laughs> and you and you'd start this for a second and turn it off because uh, it just doesn't give me that high that Breaking Bad did. Yeah. The Office too. I think that was because I didn't watch it in its original run. I didn't either. Um, and it's funny because I'm now listening to the Office Ladies podcast where it's Jenna Fisher who does um, Pam Beasley mm-hmm. and uh, Angela who plays Angela in it. Um, I don't know the actress's name. I should know. But, um, you know, the, Jenna, Jenna, <laughs> Jenna Fisher, Fisher is the one who plays Pam Beasley. And I can't remember. And Angela. And Angela who, play, right. like, the who actress, plays Angela. Yeah. Okay. So the actress's name is Angela. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know world's Angela most famous Angela. Angela yep absolutely anyway so i've been listening I guess to their- jolie but she needs two names to know who, she, who you're talking about <laughs> anyway so uh listening to that podcast um discovering all sorts of little tidbits about the office and i realized that it was actually really new for like the type of humor it was was pretty new like that wasn't something that we had in the states at all totally. that um you know they were copying a british show um, you know, there's the office that's the UK version and they tried to mirror the pilot off of that. But otherwise, like this is a pretty new thing coming to the States. And it's funny. I remember watching it in the beginning and just being like, it's like they need a laugh track almost because it's a documentary style and they kind of just do this deadpan for jokes. Deadpan and it made me so uncomfortable. Like I hated it. I, I hated it. And it wasn't until like it was totally done and everyone told me it was a really good show that I went back and, you know, actually gave The Office a chance. It might have still been airing final seasons, but like yeah, it was way after everyone else was the into final it. Final season, I think, was 2013. Oh, yeah. Then I was definitely into it before and that. And I started it in about 2013. Oh, I was really? in college. Yep. And my friend Ashton uh, mm. said you need to get caught up on 
uh, Walking Dead on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I don't want Netflix. I don't need Netflix. I'll never need Netflix. <laughs> Netflix is stupid. It's a stupid idea. It's lame. I don't want to watch. Who wants to watch TV on their on their computer? That's just ridiculous. I'm never. This is never. Do you invest in the stock market? <laughs> Thankfully, <Don't>. no. <laughs> uh, so she gave me your Netflix login, mm-hmm. and I didn't watch Walking Dead at all because I was always I was always back and forth and getting caught up in mm-hmm. Walking Dead. And uh, I did start, I did continue watching The Secret Circle, <laughs> which was a really stupid uh, CW show. Not any stupider than any other CW show. Um, <laughs> but I started watching it with my cousin when I was visiting family in California. And I was living in California the year before that. And the plane was landing. And I was saying, okay, what do I want to do now that I'm back here? Um, well, I definitely don't want to go to Hollywood. I don't want to go anywhere where there's not a parking lot. Uh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh my I don't God. Do that. Yes. I do thing. And I thought, why am I coming here? And all I did was drive back and forth the whole trip. I was there for like nine days. It was way too long because I felt like it was going back home to visit and wanted to keep having roots there. But I was like, dude, you, like there's, there's no use chasing yesterday. Like move <laughs> on. Why are we back here? So all I did was drive back and forth from my grandparents' house in Woodland Hills. Oh, this will connect back to, uh, uh, Karate Kid and Cobra Kai drove from Woodland Hills, where uh, Larusso owns a car lot, mm-hmm. to Reseda, where my cousin Tyler lives. <laughs> and Larusso grew up in Reseda. <laughs> in fact, the the apartment building that uh, Daniel Larusso lived in in the in the movie, mm-hmm. uh, I pass by it every single time I go visit my family. That's crazy. Yeah, and, you know when we lived in California for the first ten years of my life. It was like that trip. We would pass by that every time, and it was like, there's where they shot the Karate Kid. <laughs> so where Karate Kid takes place and Cobra Kai takes place, there's some kind of sentimental favorite quality of it to me for that reason. And it's uh, and it's funny that if, if you're from that area, it's all like the area very much seems like a character in the show. Yeah. Like it's relevant that they're in the Encino or Woodland Hills area. Anyway. The Secret Circle. Every day I would drive over to hang out with my cousin from my grandparents' house, and I would stop and get Mission Burrito, which is my favorite place for tacos. Get what? Mission Burrito, which is oh, a restaurant. Oh, okay. And then go watch The Secret Circle with my cousin, but we didn't finish it. And I was so upset because there was all these girls in it that I loved, and I was like, <laughs> oh, I need to know what happens next in The Secret Circle. <laughs> so when my friend Ashton said, here's, your, here's my Netflix, she didn't even give me a choice. She just said, here it is. Boom, you need to use this. And I was like, oh, I can watch The Secret Circle. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> that was the first thing I watched on Netflix. And when I finished it, I think I watched The Office right after that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, gosh, I was wrong about Netflix. Mm-hmm. I was wrong about a CW show. Um, <laughs> I never wanted to watch The Office. It was too deadpan because it was ahead of its time. It was, yeah. yeah. You didn't really see anything documentary style back nope. in those days. And anytime it came on, it was like, this is so weird and mm-hmm. boring and mm-hmm. everybody's ugly. And it's not like, mm-hmm. like nobody's like beautiful Hollywood people. They're yep. just like normal. Pam people. is your prettiest person. And it's not that Pam's not gorgeous. They really have to play down her pretty, like, you know, they just don't do all of the makeup. She well, looks she like somebody I know. Oh, Absolutely. But, but you like they have to put her in cardigans, not dress her up. Like right. they really put her in like mom clothes. They're like really does her hair in the early seasons. It's always so the character who plays Angela actually on the podcast talks about how a lot of the things that Pam's character wore were things that she only knew of her grandma as people who somebody who wore those things. She's like, you know, this type of shoe. This was like something my grandma wore yeah. pantyhose every single day. 
Like it just it makes her a very specific, you know, not glamorous character. Well, and if you think she's cute now, you should have seen her four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which is of course the line that they introduce Pam. Um, is it? I, yeah, I yeah. And Michael Scott says no. to the camera, he goes, yeah, and if you think she's cute now, you should have seen her when we first got her four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the biggest thing was everybody in high school was watching it, mm-hmm. and I just detested youth culture and <laughs> didn't didn't connect really that easily with other kids. So I figured, well, if they all like The Office, it must mean The Office is crap. Mm-hmm. And... So I thought, well, I was wrong about Netflix. Maybe I was wrong about that harsh, definitive judgment that yeah. I passed also. And I can't remember if I did uh, Breaking Bad first or if I did mm, The Office first. But it was all it was all in the mix of, oh my gosh, my whole life has been a lie. Because <laughs> I didn't want to watch Breaking Bad because it was a cable show. And cable shows were always crap at that time. Yeah. We didn't really have premium cable shows that we had access, you know, that weren't on HBO or things like that. Um. So anyway, it was a whole different era of, of television. So yeah. then I had Netflix, The Office, Breaking Bad, all in the same time. Man, that was the renaissance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, those good times. No show holes in those days. No show holes. Oh, no, it was such a wide open kingdom. You know, and I think right now I'm finding myself in a position where it's there's so much good stuff out there and it's not a problem of there's nothing out there for me. It's a matter so of I'm just things. not in the right mood for most. Of, like I just, I'm in a very specific mood True. to watch a very specific thing. And if you're not going to play to that, <laughs> I don't want to watch it. Um, I've noticed Taylor watches, uh, my boyfriend Taylor watches a lot of period pieces. So he's like watching hell on wheels right now. And he's watched a Viking one. And it's like, they're all things that I'm kind of interested in. Like, don't get me wrong. I'd be super into it if I'd watched it from episode one and was like fully invested from the very beginning of it. But I'm like, I'm just not in a mood to be that serious. Like I need something that's going to make a joke at me. I don't want to feel like it's okay for the, well, and I don't. I really hate like the whole I'm supposed to like this character because it, back in those days it was okay to treat your wife like shit. Like <laughs> I want to like this character because he stands behind values that I hold true in our current modern era. And so like, you know, this guy is going to cheat on his wife who we only married out of duty and blah, blah, blah. Like I'm just like, I'm not interested in this. It hurts me for this woman. and I know this isn't what I'm watching it for. All that to say, there's a lot of good TV out there and I'm really picky right now. So I'm in a show hole probably by choice. Like I don't want to not watch good TV, but it's always being really picky. And it's never by choice. (laughs) I know. know. It's like, it's just the mood. It's the, it's the classic conundrum of getting into your Netflix list, which is a stupid waste of time and nobody uses it. Oh, I won't do it anymore. As soon as something goes into your list, it's like, okay, we'll just count that as already watched. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, but I'll. Always it's like be able Pinterest. to find that again because it's somewhere <laughs> in my list of 2,000 shows. And then the thing you watch is the thing that Netflix is promoting right in front of you saying, mm-hmm. no, trust us, trust mm-hmm. us. We own all of your information. We bought it from Facebook. This is what you're interested <laughs> in. Trust us. And then it's like, oh my God, that is what I'm interested in. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those other things are in the list. I don't need to worry about those guys. I need to worry about this. It's not on my list, so I might never see it again. And I don't use my list anymore because it's worthless. So it's definitely driven by mood and ep- there's just such abundance. Yeah, there really is. The, if there's so much TV out there, it's not that this isn't perfectly good TV. It's that you can ha- there's something out there that's made just for you. And like you can watch right. this and it's great quality TV, but wouldn't you rather watch something that was made just for you? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> I think um, I got to think that Cobra Kai is probably doing better right now. Mm-hmm. Well, not that it's doing poorly. Yeah, it's probably benefiting from the world being the way it is. It's probably benefiting from you know post quarantine or still quarantine for some. Uh, states, I, I guess. Yeah, depending um, on the state of your state. <laughs> in a in a bleak time, in an uncertain time, a show with this much familiarity with, even though the characters are complex now, it's it's relatively simple. They're hashing out a high school, mm-hmm. um, a high school rivalry. Yeah, and it's like it's, it's something easy. nostalgic too. Yeah, it, there's nostalgia in it. There's there's like redemption. Like you're rooting for everybody to be redeemed. You're actually rooting for these guys to be buddies, I feel like. Because um, there's so much that connects them. Like, they should be buddies. Uh, it's simple, familiar storytelling from a simpler time. Yeah. Uh, when you were a kid watching The Karate Kid. Not you. Um, <laughs> oh, I figured. I tuned out right when you said that. <laughs> <I tuned laughs> Not <out>. me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to think that there's there's an appetite for it now. Mm-hmm. T- to your point, like when you're in a Netflix show hole, mm-hmm. what should I be watching? And uh, and then something like this comes up and it's like, you know what? It's easy. They're 30 minutes. Yeah. Like I'm curious enough. Like I like the people enough. The buy-in. Like you already have enough buy-in to want to root for it because you watched How I Met Your Mother or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely made it interesting if nothing else. Yeah, because period pieces take a lot of effort for me. They really do. I usually do. fail at generating that effort, but I got to work to be in the mood for a period and piece. And like, you know, Black Sails is kind of a period piece. Like I've been having to work for it. <laughs> right? You do kind of have to work for it. Um, and it's funny. Like, I just, I guess I just have always romanticized about pirates. That made it an easy one for me to do that. I just want to dig into that more, you know? And so if it's like, you know, a piece of history I care about, I probably would be more into it, but... You know, I never really studied the Vikings. I never, you know, Hell on Wheels captures like the railroad, you know, the creation of the railroad in America. I mean, it's... There's an interesting story there's, It's there. an interesting but story, you know but I, I don't know the history of it yeah. really. And there's going to be a lot of horrible racism in it too, so it's... There will be things I'm going <laughs> to take issue with. Like, it's just... Well, there's just <laughs> yeah, and there's just certain things that it's like, I know it's real. I know mm-hmm. it's something that like historically we should deal with, but I'm just not in the mood when the world is in a tough shape too. Yeah. Uh, when there's already enough stress right now, mm-hmm. do I want to elect more stress into my life? Like, am I? Do I really have an appetite for all the darkness that's out there? Yeah. Or do I want to watch this simple, stupid karate show about these, about these, you know, kind of retired actors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> B list. <laughs> yeah, we're just like working out some old storyline. Yeah. Well, that's fun. I think uh, while I don't believe I will pursue further episodes and seasons, uh, like I, guess I said, it's not because it's you know terrible. It's just because I don't think it's for me, per se, that it's just not my thing. Um, it's kind of like a boy show, honestly. <laughs> that's kind of my criticism of I don't know, it. There's the, da- no- the daughter is a pretty cunning martial artist. Is she? Oh, okay, we'll see. Uh, there, maybe honestly, there's something to watch here's for. What, this is why it's a failed pilot. Mm-hmm. Because the show has enough things that it offers as it goes on mm-hmm. that, that are not captured in the beginning that you should be wanting to watch more yeah like that you should be looking at it saying that was fun that was really cool i like yeah. that i like seeing how these characters are coming together 
And it is a little bit of a slow burn in a way, mm-hmm. which is, again, it's more sophisticated of a show than it needs to be. And I think it's, it's really a tr- testament to the uh, showrunner who... John something. John something, officially. I want to give this guy a plug because I think he's doing such a good job. Yeah, do that. All right. His name is, as soon as this loads on my phone. Do, do, do. Give it a second to go to space and back. (laughs) It's going to space. All right. It was created by John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, and Josh Heald, and Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, Neil Patrick Harris was no, a part of it. That, oh. wasn't that wasn't true at all. No, John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, and Josh Hield. Um, I guess what I'm going for here is based on what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. you have some really, really strong storytelling talents Yeah. with those guys who cleverly uh, put these you know, actors and characters together to tell the story and... For a 1980s novelty show, it's so much better than it needs to be. Yeah, I can see that. And that's cool and all, but mm-hmm. it's not captured in the pilot, and it's a shame because I do think it is it is good enough and unique enough. It just has enough things going for it that I do feel like you should be getting to the end of it saying, I Give want me more, more of it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that's a shame, and that is that is the trouble with it is I and I do actually feel pretty pretty concise about this judgment while there's some really good elements while mm-hmm. the flashbacks were good oh yeah the scene it's well he, done the good production value yeah, when he goes to the parking lot before his car get hit gets hit mm-hmm. he's in the parking lot looking out at the spot where his his instructor like put him in a headlock and try to kill him and beat him up and broke his trophy yeah i didn't understand that fight scene at all so that's, oh, that was i appreciate what, you saying that that's yeah, who that was that's what followed his loss was his instructor like trying to kill him in the parking lot that seems um, like a lot. Well, I think when you watched it at the time, it didn't feel like his instructor was trying to kill him. It was, oh, here's the villains being villainous again. Okay, so that was from the actual movie then. Yeah, yeah. That oh, was okay. a shot from the movie because they kept cutting it in. So they really did set it. I mean, like, not that they knew that 30 years later or whatever, they'd have this, but they really did set it up to. They used the source material really well. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying that the there's a lot of room in the source material for yeah. this narrative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, maybe that was clear to somebody who was, you know, a parent in 1984 who realized, yeah. hey, this guy's karate instructor. Maybe they took it more literally where, you know, it was already old by the time we saw it. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, it still translated to me as here's the villains being villainous. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the producers to have taken this today, mm-hmm. used that source material and showed while he was going through the parking lot reminiscing about this as they intercut the original scene that was pretty haunting like yeah. he was haunted by that yeah uh and and that was some pretty powerful stuff from that point of view yeah and so you know not to say that that this wasn't good enough you said it yourself this was a tall order they had 34 mm-hmm. years to catch up on reintroducing yeah. these people and in the pilot they really took their time slow burn only introducing him mm-hmm and just introducing LaRusso long enough to let you know he is in the show and he's coming back and he's and he's a motivating factor for Johnny who's still on his mind, which also is kind of pathetic that these guys are so stuck on high school. Yeah, that is the kind really of the thing pathetic. for me with it where I'm like, I can kind of see Johnny being upset about it because of the abuse that came as, you know, in association with this big tournament. But for this tor- tournament to be like the thing that makes him a loser and the thing that makes 
Danny a, a winner. Like it just baffles me. I'm right. like, there's nothing that I can point to in my adolescence that was that important. No single moment was that important. He's a deadbeat dad, and you haven't met his kid yet in the mm-hmm. pilot. They mention him. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, Ed Asner mentions it when he's coming to his apartment saying, like, oh, yeah, you're the one to give me uh, criticism on what it's like being a father. When's the last yeah. time you've seen your kid? His kid's in it. That's a really interesting part. There's a really interesting dynamic with his son yeah. in the show as it goes on. Um, well, anyway, I'm just there's, a, there's, so, there's so much more depth in it, and you're seeing the tip of the iceberg here. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's, I had a specific point that I was going to make and I'm, now I'm venturing off into repeating myself. Um, but it's, uh, anyway, it's, oh, I was talking about the producers. Mm-hmm. You see a little sliver of it here, but they really did make a show that was, that has way more depth than would, would have been required for people to take interest in it. So for yeah. it to also be good mm-hmm. and have depth uh, is... Really, that's why it's catching on is because people really do like good TV. <laughs> and, and it's shocking to say yeah. that and, and act like that's like that's a surprise. But there was so long in broadcast TV that like stuff was just consumable garbage <laughs> that when Netflix comes out and says, no, like we can make a show like Grace and Frankie and have it be about 75 year olds and have young people be interested in I other stories and other lifestyles <laughs> and other like. Like, no, we don't need to have every show made for, for a certain, like, people have broad interests. Yeah. And now they're telling sto- broader stories, and I think it's it's just really cool. Yeah, definitely. Okay. We did the thing. Is that a wrap? I think so. Homework for next week, or should I call them independent milestones, since you apparently don't like that terminology? We started talking about The Office, and I think it might be a great time to review The Office. Would you mind if we pushed it out longer? I'm dying to have you watch Fleabag. I think it'll be like your new drug of choice. Um, I think that that doesn't sound like something that I would be my new drug of choice. No, <laughs> is it about? No, we can do it. <laughs> okay. Let's do it. It's funny because it's it. something that got pushed to me, and I just kept refusing. Like everything in my life kept saying, "Hey, you might like this," and I was just like, "It's called Fleabag. It sounds." St- stupid <laughs> that's where i that's where i begin that's and end also <laughs> yeah so like you know it's i don't want to give much away it's a british you know it's a british series um they're short episodes and there aren't very many of them you know in true you know british tv fashion um but it is the funniest thing ever um the one thing i will give away is that the main character speaks to us in the same way that like breaks the fourth wall. Frank so Underwood. Frank Underwood. And that is actually what got me to watch house of cards as I watched Fleabag and was like, Oh my God, I love that. It's just like a mechanic for telling a story. Like I just feel like this is not, would not be the same story if she did not like let me in and be part of like kind of her confidant in it, you know, like I just really felt like a part of the thing. Um, so the way it's, the way it's set up just makes you feel like you're in on her joke, I guess. It's hilarious, and I don't want to give away much more than that because no, you know, you, I want uh, it to stand on its own. You but. said British, and I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's its own thing. It's raunchy. Okay, <laughs> I think you will love it. Like, <laughs> I know you, and I feel like this will speak to you. <laughs> and there's not much of it to binge, so you can get through it and be caught up quickly. All right. Uh, I think there are 12 episodes well, in existence. The last time... Uh, you said British show, uh-huh. and I said 
I don't like British shows. I don't want to watch a British show. You were wrong. Was the IT crowd, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed it very much. It was so good. Yeah, but yeah. let's just say this. <laughs> <laughs> like, just because you enjoyed one person's meatloaf doesn't mean you love meatloaf. All meatloafs. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And I'm not ready to say because I made that one exception that, that this one's everything okay too. deserves an exception. I think the original Office is impossible to watch because I can't understand a single thing anybody is saying. I really want to see it. So apparently that is the only episode that not line for line, but the premise of it is basically the same between the American. It's very and, similar. Yeah, that they really try to keep as much as a, of it as they can. Like after that, they completely go their own direction. But they, I don't know. I can't even remember why they ended up doing that. But just to kind of like a nod to the original fans, I guess. Well, they made a bunch of different versions of The Office uh, in different countries. Oh, did and, they? Yeah, and you could go on YouTube. It's actually fascinating. I didn't know that. See. There's a lot of, I think there's a multiple Spanish speaking mm-hmm. uh, the offices. Yeah, how many I of think us? There's, I think there's a multiple Spanish speaking yeah. offices. One might have been Italian. I don't, I don't remember now. At one point, when I was in my office hangover phase and mm-hmm. the little hair of the dog, I was looking <laughs> at all the other ones. And so many, like you could always tell right away who Michael Scott is. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. that'd be so fun to try to map out the characters. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's not necessarily like a one to one, I guess. But yeah, like a an oafish boss character. But they all, and you know, American TV is is there's more television in America, and it's mm-hmm. watched more places around the world than anywhere else. So it's, I don't think any of them measure up to the Colossus that the Office is in the U.S. version. I. I don't think there's anything else that went on for nine years. And I could be wrong because I didn't do that much research. That was like a remake of something else. Yeah, I don't think any other version of The Office. And I don't know about the British version. Oh, the original one was only two seasons. Yeah, I would have a hard time believing anything had a cultural impact nearly similar to the American version of The Office. Yeah, well, and apparently um, Michael Spock... Sorry, Michael Scott. Michael Spock. Michael Spock, yeah. Michael Scott being... um, kind of a lovable character like um someone who has like really heartfelt moments and someone who is while being a shitty manager a decent sales guy was like the saving grace for it i guess um because the british series they were worried that michael michael scott character would be too they were he was too hated a little bit so like you you didn't really like the character he's the character you love to hate Mm, ricky gervais sort of a guy who puts himself (laughs) in that position (laughs) (laughs) he sort of welcomes that kind of attention he definitely isn't you know the fatherly kind Mm -hmm. of personality that that we get um what's his name that uh, oh gosh steve carell steve carell <laughs> <laughs> you're making faces at me that helps somehow <laughs> yeah um but steve carell who is listening to our show right probably now, most right likely now. i mean among the several million people listening odds are pretty high mm-hmm. um hi steve we would hey steve the the real reason that we're going to push off our review of the office is because uh, you're invited to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. We'll buy that extra microphone just for you. <laughs> <laughs> we could use my fancy one. <laughs> I need to find a place to plug that in. <laughs> need a I new mixer. We could, we could invest in more equipment if we had. That could be a thing. Just for Steve, though. Just for Steve. Um, <laughs> anyway, we'll see you uh, then here next week. Same time, same place, whatever that means. Um. <laughs> Fleabag, which can be watched on Amazon Prime. 
Um, yeah. Catch you guys next week. This is, is Pilots. Pilots.